Welcome to the LarryInFishers.com podcast. I'm Larry Lannon. This is a chance for local people or people with a local connection to sit down and talk about what is going on with them in the Fishers community. This is a part of my local Fishers Indiana News blog that began in January of 2012. I started these podcasts in 2016 and have been going ever since. Now, here's the latest edition of the LarryInFishers.com podcast. I'm at Fisher City Hall. I'm here with Ashley Elrod, the uh, Community and Public Relations Director for the City of Fishers, and Amy Krell, who's a volunteer coordinator here at uh, the City of Fishers. So, ladies, thank you very much uh, for joining me today. Thanks for thank having you. us. Uh, I think that one of the most important things I've ever covered as a journalist is, is volunteerism. I know when uh, Dan Domzik was editor of The Current here in, in Fishers, and it was a, still a weekly uh, publication uh, in print at that time uh, before the pandemic, and uh, he asked me to go out and uh, interview volunteers, and it was one of my favorite assignments uh, I ever had in journalism and uh, met a lot of very interesting people. I'm going to talk about that in particular here today. And Ashley, let me ask you this question, because I do think that volunteers, as part of any community, and, and Fishers is certainly this way, if you want to have a healthy community, you need a, a, a good stable of people willing to volunteer and help the community at large. So uh, since you do speak for the city, talk about why Fishers city government uh, is putting resources into volunteering and community engagement. Yeah, absolutely. You know, uh, the volunteer program here was um, one, of, one of the most interesting things I, I thought we invested in when I first uh, came to the city to work. And, uh, and really because of the, the comments that you shared, it, it's, um, it takes a special person to want to give up time and uh, time is very valuable these days. And I didn't even think about how uh, how much it really does bring a community together. And so it's been really great to see the volunteer program here grow over the last several years, uh, built by Dan Domsick primarily, and, and now with Amy Krell at the helm. And I think that, um, you know, we talk a lot about fostering civic pride here in the walls of, of City Hall. And I, and I think that that, uh, that volunteering is the essence of that where you do give up your valuable time to serve others within your community. And, um, and you know, our goal is to, uh, to broaden our horizons past our uh, Fisher's Parks programs, which is a, a signature way people can volunteer, but also, you know, through Keep Fisher's Beautiful, which is one of my favorite events of the year, uh, where people help out and, and literally clean up and beautify our, our community, but to also help support the nonprofits that are serving our, our community and uh, making sure that we can connect people to those volunteer opportunities there. I think that uh, it's, it's extremely valuable. Uh, um, it's an extremely valuable opportunity for 
for us to bring those individuals together. And quite frankly, in uh, many of our economic development discussions these days, uh, the, the companies that are looking to move to Fishers or inquiring at least, want to know what the volunteer opportunities are in Fishers and want to know how they can get their employees plugged in um, and give back to the community. So, um, you know, what, what started as uh, a way to give back really is, um, you know, even contributing to the bottom line of, of the city. Yeah, and I, I remember Keep Fishers Beautiful. That's, in, I think, in April, just about every year. And I remember when one year I covered it, and, and Dan was in charge of volunteers. And the mayor was out there, a whole horde of volunteers. But it was in the Sunblessed community, which was the first place my wife and I lived when we first moved to, to Fishers. And I think the mayor had said at that time, any community is only as good as the one as the one that needs the most mm-hmm. uh, help. And and there were a lot of uh, older folks that had lived there a long time, had trouble keeping up their property, and and that whole neighborhood uh, got a, a whole make a facelift on that day. So, yeah, that's a very interesting program, and there it, it moves around to different places every year. But that was the year I was involved. Let me bring Amy in here because Amy, you are the volunteer coordinator. And, and I just would ask you, first of all, what drew you to this kind of work? I mean, I, I've worked with nonprofits in the past, and they, people working nonprofits often talk about managing volunteers. I mean, that kind of has a stigma to it when you put it that way. Uh, really, I mean, you man, most volunteers just want to do the most good, and if nobody's there managing it, it makes it difficult for them to be productive. So talk about what drew you to this job and, and something about the work that you do. I'm happy to. So I've always been passionate about volunteering. I was fortunate enough that when my children were young, I could stay at home. And volunteering within their lives was a great um, experience for me and a great way to connect with people and be involved in my community. So I volunteered a lot when my children were young. Um, and then as they grew older, I did accept a position with a nonprofit organization, um, YMI, Youth Mentoring Initiative. And I was with them for several years. Um, but in working with them, I realized that there was no real resource for the community to go to to see where there are volunteer opportunities throughout the city. And I had approached the city at one point and suggested that that might be a good um, opportunity to create something for the community to find all the volunteer opportunities in one place. So um, when this position became available, I saw it and I contacted them and said I would love to be involved and try and create a program like that for the city and the residents of Fishers. And uh, Ashley uh, touched on this, and I'll ask you this. I cannot tell you how many people I meet that are new to Fishers and say, hey, how do I... How do I get involved as, as a volunteer? This is something I've done in places I've lived before. And, and I've, when I talk to them, you know, the real issue there is what is their interest? What do, where do they feel they can contribute? And what do they want as, uh, to do as a volunteer? And, and there are many organizations. You talked about YMI. I'm very familiar with YMI. It's a very good program. But sometimes the process of finding the right volunteer opportunity can be very challenging. So I know the city is working on this. You've already alluded to that. Tell us more, Amy. So on May 3rd, we uh, launched a new volunteer management platform called Galaxy Digital Get Connected. And since then, the city's been using it to recruit and manage all volunteers for citywide events. But the second phase of that is to onboard all our, the local nonprofits that serve our community and have them use it as a resource. So it'll be a one-stop shop for all the residents to go to see 
all the organizations that serve our community, what they do, what their needs are, be it volunteers or in-kind donations, pro bono work, sponsorships, things like that. So um, it'll be a great resource for the community. I think it is frustrating for people who want to volunteer. And, you know, I think three years ago, you would Google search volunteer fishers and nothing would come up. Mm -hmm. So now we have volunteerfishers.com and uh, eventually all the opportunities will be in one place for the community. Yeah, I checked out that website. Right now you have the city uh, opportunities, but I think your idea is to expand that much larger than just what's available with the city. And, and Ashley, you know, we're, we're looking, you're looking to have the nonprofit group sign on to this platform. I think the platform's going to be called, what, Get Connected, if I remember right. Did I remember? That's the name of the, the company is Galaxy Digital, and Get Connected is their platform. Okay, it's their platform, so you're, you're basically using that. Okay, mm-hmm. I, I, see this. I just saw it there, and I'm glad you clarified that. Well, if I'm a tax-exempt organization, and I, I might think about getting involved, what's in it for that tax-exempt group? You know, it's really about networking. So, you know, having the megaphone of the city and the city's communications, um, I may be biased, but I do think that we are able to reach out to a variety of individuals. So um, being able to have their volunteer opportunities highlighted and and, uh, use that megaphone of the city's communications department. I also think that, um, you know, it helps to promote that those nonprofits exist. I think there is a um, there is a lack of awareness of those nonprofits that do serve fishers, and uh, we are so very fortunate to have a strong nonprofit community here. And so, to be able to also just have you know this one stop shop where you can both learn about the nonprofit, but then learn how to support them too. You know, Amy, I've done some volunteer work uh, for the local schools on occasion. And as a result, and I think it's not just the schools, there are a number of nonprofits who do this for pretty obvious reasons. They take their volunteers and subject them to background checks. It's kind of a normal thing. I know at one time, I don't know, I've checked lately, but at uh, the time I, I signed on as a volunteer a few years ago, the school system was going through a very, very serious budget crunch. So they were asking the volunteers to pay for the background check. Now, it wasn't horribly expensive but it wasn't cheap either Uh, so it does cost money to do a background check the basic one that you would need uh, just to clear you to make sure you're you're eligible to to volunteer Uh, but i do understand the city is is preparing if you sign on to this program to kind of help out on the background check tell us about that well currently anyone who volunteers with the city that's over the age of 18 is required to go through a background check and that expense is covered by the city. When the nonprofits are onboarded, they will have the opportunity to utilize this background check um, company at a discounted rate than normal. And then it will be kind of a pool of background checks. So if, for example, YMI has a volunteer in their system and we have the same volunteer, then they could forego background checking that volunteer because it will already be in the system that they have passed. So it could save the nonprofit organizations money for the, for these background check costs if they're already in our system and have passed a background oh, check. So you get one background check instead of 10 or 20 or however exactly. many, depending on how much volunteering you choose to do. That is, some, that is something different, something that was not available before. Uh, you know, Ashley, I've... Um, become familiar with some local nonprofits in my 30 years of living here in Fishers. Yeah, and you alluded to this, and I want you to, this is kind of your area. Um, even these groups that do terrific work in the community, and I've become familiar with their work, uh, they're not necessarily as adept at promoting mm-hmm. themselves. Um, so 
I heard you say before the city is ready to help. If you sign on to this program, how will the city help you as a nonprofit? Sure. Uh, you know, it's probably a little less formal than uh, than uh, by signing on you're promoted. But, you know, as we've grown our communications channels here at the city, we are also trying to broaden what we're covering uh, and promoting as the city. And so uh, we've done a lot of work recently on just making people aware of those nonprofits, whether it's through uh, blog posts or uh, highlighting volunteer stories, which are always uh, incredible to hear, or um, or just connecting a nonprofit to another nonprofit that may have complementary services. Uh, so, you know, there are definite opportunities for us to um, uh, be able to promote them a little bit more and, and really to also promote those opportunities that we're unaware of completely today. Yeah, I think the part of the the issue here, and you, you've been with YMI, and you've you've obviously networked with lots of nonprofits. Uh, Amy, it seems to me that uh, it's just a matter of telling their story. I mean, they all have a story to tell. Most of them a compelling story. It's how do I tell that story and get that out to people? I agree. I think every nonprofit is uh, has that challenge. And I think the community is thirsty for that information. I think they enjoy learning about the nonprofits and what they do. It's just a matter of finding the right resource to get that information out there. Um, but any blog post we've done on that topic has really been popular. Um, so I think we just need to continue work towards spreading their word. Yeah, I, I did a, a podcast with a fellow who runs a local nonprofit who uh, provides furniture for uh, veterans and other 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 people who are in, in need and you know he told me a story of a situation where they had a young hispanic girl and they provided her a bed she was four or five years old and she was almost in tears because this girl had never had her own bed mm-hmm. ever and i thought to myself wow that's a story and his, his volunteers couldn't contain themselves immediately came back and told that story that that's a story people need to hear you know when you're doing something like that you know you're making an impact absolutely and i think that uh, a lot of uh, nonprofit leadership you know especially in fishers where we have smaller nonprofits there's a everybody is wearing multiple hats in those organizations and communications and and getting those stories out really do fall to the bottom of the list until you know their annual fundraising event or something like that and so uh, we understand that you know those resources are tight and you know we have a great staff here that that can help me uh, tell those com- tell those stories and and really help even just connect our residents to services if they need them Amy uh, I looked at uh, again the website that you set up and there's a long list of opportunities to volunteer just within the city. I mean, I looked at that list. Of course, Parks and Rec has programs everywhere. The health department, you don't have to be a health professional uh, to volunteer for some of these programs they're putting on. Uh, the Farmer's Market, both downtown and at Saxony. And uh, the Agra Park is, an, uh, that's, that's one of the mayor's favorites. He grew up on a farm. <laughs> and that Agra Park is, is something he likes to talk about a lot. So, Amy, just, just talk about the potential volunteer opportunities just with the city. Well, currently with the city, uh, we have ongoing volunteer opportunities with the vaccine clinic. There's both just a general volunteer opportunity that 
any citizen can come and volunteer to help within the clinic, guide the people that are coming to be vaccinated throughout the pro- through the process. But then we also have a vaccine administrator opportunity, which is requires a licensed nurse to administer vaccines, and they have to go through rigorous um, testing and qualifications before they can fill those positions. Uh, we have ongoing volunteer opportunities at the Fishers Agri Park. Tuesdays through Saturdays, um, which is a variety of opportunities. It changes every day with the season, depending on what's needed, but it might be um, greeting the residents as they come to the park or harvesting the produce or weeding. Um, And then we have ongoing opportunities with the Fisher's Farmer's Market every Saturday morning, in addition to the the one-off opportunities at the park's events that they have. Um, We just had Monsoon Madness, Mud Day. Uh, The Maker's Playground has programming out there now that we have volunteer opportunities at the Maker's Playground. Um, And upcoming, we have... um, What's the... Oh, Oh, Glow Glow in the the park. Park and Boo Bash and Winter Wonderland are the upcoming opportunities with the Parks Department. That's a long list. <laughs> I, I have to tell you, when my, my, I'm glad, I, I'm sort of glad that when my kids were younger, we didn't have Mud Day. <laughs> <laughs> I think it sounds like so much fun. I, I actually went out and did a video I, a year or two ago. I just went out and, and, and covered Mud Day. I kept my distance, but I covered Mud Day. Yeah, my kids uh, like to stay as far away from Mud Day really? as possible, yes. Oh, really? Well, you know, it's funny because my kids played soccer, and there was there was one game where they just had an incredibly muddy field. Mm. And, uh, you know, the coach said, okay, this is one time you, you can all get muddy. And, you, and I looked at my wife and said, I better go home and get some towels. <laughs> Just to yes. get them in the car without, uh, but th- that we had our own little personal mud day. It was just a soccer game. <laughs> I was looking through some of the uh, information you have on your website. You, you talk about the Market Muscle Program. What? Who wants to talk about that? Amy. Amy. Oh, so the Market Muscle Program is an opportunity for businesses and organizations to, in exchange for providing volunteers at the at the farmers market, to promote who they are and what they do. So, in exchange for providing. Uh, five or more volunteers to help at the farmer's market, set up, tear down, things like that. They can have a free booth space right across the street, the path from the park's tent. Um, In addition, the PR department will promote them on social media the week of that event. So it's just a good way for them to get out. Sometimes we have businesses do it. Sometimes we have nonprofit organizations do it. But it's just a free booth space at the farmer's market to promote who you are. I've only been to a few farmers markets this year, Ashley, but every time I go, it is packed. Mm-hmm. I cannot believe I'm, I, the size of the crowds we're seeing. Maybe people are just ready to get out after what happened in 2020. But I went to the Beatles tribute concert. Hard Day's Night was the group, and I couldn't believe the crowd size. It was amazing. And thats I haven't been to a, a lot of concerts. I just haven't had time. I've had other things going on. But I go when I can, and I thought, this is impressive, and it, I've got to believe that people are just ready to get outside and be with other people. I think so. This year has been really fun to see our community get out and and really enjoy those uh, free amenities that we've worked, you know, really years on to uh, to perfect. And I, it, it, they have been record crowds this year. Farmers Market, I believe, is up 30% from 2019 numbers. And, um, you know, I see it every weekend. It's our our family's Saturday morning tradition to run over to the farmer's market and 
uh, you know, wake up a little bit while the kids run around and eat a walking waffle. But, uh, you know, those are uh, those are really fun. And I think more dogs than ever at the farmer's market mm-hmm, this sure. year. Uh, you know, it seems to, you know, really be a, a family outing for everyone. Well, that's where I first saw Amy. You were at the booth there. We had a chance to, to meet and, and talk for a little bit uh, during the farmer's market. Yes, I, I would agree that everything I've seen is – and I, if I can say one other quick thing before we move on on this. I, I saw the, the, the Shakespeare group that came in, mm-hmm. and it wasn't a, a huge crowd, but it was a decent crowd. And what amazed me about them is I looked at their schedule. I mean, they have, they've got a whole set they put together. They're like moving from one, I mean, that's not long trips most of the time, but you're, they're going from one place to another to another. They're tearing down everything, setting it up somewhere else. And I thought, this, this group is something. They're taking on a huge task. And they did, I thought, a really nice job of putting on a Shakespeare uh, play. So uh, I thought, I hope we see more of that in the future. You know, I I agree. I think uh, that was a a fun thing to bring to the community and uh, a production like that, uh, that, you know, is uh, a regional production. You know, they were out of Boston and uh, go around the country. And uh, it was was a really neat addition to the schedule. And and I agree. I think that's the overall goal for us is to be able to bring more of those uh, variety of arts to the amphitheater. Amy, let me ask you about this because uh, again, uh, the new platform is going to is going to help uh, nonprofits and something called in kind donations. Now, if you don't know what an in kind donation is, a good example would be Spark Fishers. Uh, the city would provide the, the fire, the uh, Department of Public Works, uh, the police protection. Uh, those are services being provided to Spark by the city of Fishers. Uh, and there is a cost to that, uh, even when the, the the festival was different before and run by a different organization. There were still in-kind contributions made by the city to that group. Uh, so an in-kind donation could be property, it could be services, but uh, uh, I think sometimes maybe, Amy, uh, nonprofits don't tap into in-kind uh, donations the way they should. I agree with you, and that's another thing that I think is frustrating for not only the nonprofit world, but for the community as well, because some people will be sitting there with a, a printer or some type of office equipment that they don't know what to do with it. And there might be a nonprofit organization out there that their printer just died and they don't have the financial means to buy a new one. So a way to connect people who have these items that they don't need to give them to an organization that's highly in need of it, I think would be a great resource for this platform as well. Now, uh, Ashley, I understand the city is going to be offering some kind of training for these nonprofit groups, uh, signing up for the platform. Where is that at at this point? I'm actually going to pass that. Oh, over. Amy gets to hit. Amy's going to okay. be in charge That's of that. That's a really good question. I'm trying to go back and forth, but Amy, if this is yours, go for it. Well, we're currently in the process of creating that. What that training looks like. I think there's going to be a couple options. This Galaxy Digital does offer um, recorded trainings as well as live trainings virtually. Um, we also might offer in-person training. So the whoever the person is for the nonprofit organization who's going to be managing that platform can come and watch the video and then maybe just have a live discussion overview of the system and how it works and be open to questions. Um, So I presented that to all the nonprofits that were there on Saturday, two Saturdays ago, and told them I would be in contact. So uh, the next step is to create what that looks like and then reach out to all of them and, and give them that information and set up those times and trainings. 
in the times that we're in, will that be an online or in person, or have you decided? I don't think that's been decided. Okay. Maybe I think that, uh, you know, similar to sort of the marketing and promotions assistance, you know, we want this to be have as little uh, roadblocks as possible for those nonprofits. So once again, you know, volunteer management and recruitment is a heavy lift for uh, nonprofits and uh, and a lot of them don't have their own technology person on staff as well. So, you know, our goal with those trainings is to be able to not only give them an overview, but help troubleshoot so they can get up and running as quickly as possible. I think another goal, too, is to not only help the nonprofits get into the system and, and use it effectively, but also then to connect with other groups and organizations to recruit volunteers into the system that will also open up volunteers to these nonprofit organizations. So reach out to the schools, to the clubs within the schools, different church groups and businesses um, to get them into the system and make them aware of all the opportunities that are out there. For uh, five years since I re- after I retired, I uh, did continuing professional education uh, for Indiana University aimed at uh, tax professionals. And part of what I was teaching most of those years had to do with cybersecurity, had to do with ransomware, had to do with all the dangers out there. And for tax professionals who have in their database all this personal information for people, you know, they really needed to know this. Uh, some took it more seriously than others. But what I found is that they were kind of at a loss, especially the smaller um, you know, organizations or maybe one person, one main band type of uh, uh, tax uh, group would say, you know, hey, I, I, where do I start? But yet, uh, you know, it's true that nonprofits can be targeted with something like ransomware or something even worse than that, uh, and some kind of cyber criminal. And, and we're all, whether we're individuals or businesses, we are all uh, have to guarding, we all have to guard against that. Uh, so do you, uh, when you mention that, uh, all the help that these people need, I would have to think that they would at least need to be informed that a lot of them probably don't have a contract with someone to help them with their IT and turn, you know, their, uh, their technology. And, and I would have to think that that's something you would want to let them know. This is something you need to do, whether you get in kind or you have to pay for it. Uh, somebody needs to be paying attention to that. Certainly, yeah. And Ashley? Yeah, absolutely. And, um, you know, hopefully by facilitating some of this background check uh, process, then that that can help alleviate even more of that risk for them. Uh, Let me ask... uh let me ask Amy. The city has been engaging the faith community in a program, multi-faith program. I was uh, in on one of the early meetings, and uh, it's, it's it's very interesting that when you say multi-faith, you really mean that. You have people of Sikh, Muslim, Jewish, and of course, largely Christian, but you have all denominations uh, that are there that have a presence and fishers have a presence in this group so uh, i know that that group uh, was trying to figure out kind of where we go what they had in common and where they should move forward and what i find most interesting it's been around for a while and you're still meeting and you're still uh, working uh, there's a working with each other the city is facilitating that so where is that group at now where do you think they're going now so the fishers multi-faith community for compassion group has been in existence for three or four years we really I feel like we really got some momentum up before uh, COVID hit we had uh, several meet your neighbor events here at City Hall we had programs on uh, Judaism 
Muslim faith and Sikh faith, which were very interesting and well-received. And then we were starting to plan for 20. Uh, we are going to do a sacred spaces tour where we could tour the different faith uh, buildings within Fishers and outside of Fishers. We have people outside of Fishers that are involved. Um, and then COVID hit. We lost our momentum a little bit. Uh, we just started meeting a couple months ago, and we're starting to build back up. We're having speakers at each meeting on different topics. We meet the third Thursday of every month, and we alternate between mornings and evenings. So this month, we're meeting August 19th in the evening um, at the Cumberland Park outside. We're going to meet outside just to be safe. So, And we're hoping to start building up more programming. We, Like I said, we lost our momentum attendance to the meetings start out slow but it's gradually building and we're hoping to get more people involved it's been a really interesting group of people it's been a wonderful experience well you're not the only one that lost momentum during the pandemic there are lots of people who can say especially when you're just in the starting Mm -hmm. phases of any program exactly so the fact that you're still meeting and picking it back up means people are still interested and that's uh, certainly a good sign our time's about up so i'm going to ask each of you just to Say, and I know it's a pretty dangerous thing to ask somebody who's in charge of public relations <laughs> just to mention anything you would like to add. But Ashley, I'm going to give you that shot right now. You know, we just really encourage anybody in our community. Fam- this is a volunteerism for fishers is such a great family activity um, all the way up to our um, our senior community to give back. And we're hoping to get pretty creative on those volunteer opportunities. Um, and, and so we're excited to have a platform to do so. So, Amy, last thing you'd like to say. I'm just excited to have this opportunity to be involved in bringing this platform to the city and hopefully bringing our residents and our organizations together and, and growing it from there. So, Amy, if you are a tax-exempt organization or involved with one or a volunteer, where do you go to the city for help? Uh, they can reach out to me at A at fishers.in.us. It's C-R-E-L-L-A? Yes. And as well, they can go to uh, volunteerfishers.com, and there's a contact button at the bottom, which will link directly to me, and they can reach out to me with any questions. I'd love to help. Love talking about volunteerism. I have two ladies here who know a lot about that, and I appreciate your time and, and your expertise on that. You just heard Amy Krell. She's the volunteer coordinator for the City of Fishers, and Ashley Elrod, the a director of Community Relations and Public Relations for the City of Fishers. So, ladies, thank you very much. Thank, Thank you, you. Thanks for listening to the LarryInFishers.com podcast. If you like the podcast, please let others know. You can find it on most platforms where you go for podcasts. Just search using this phrase, Podcasts by Larry Lannan, L-A-N-N-A-N. Also, if you listen on a platform such as iTunes, please take a moment, rate and comment on my podcast series. So thanks for listening, and please be safe and be kind. Be kind.